0: Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we discuss the return of Drew Brees, the moving on of Greg Olson, and we enter in another food debate. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know a lot of guys talk a big game but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code Locked On. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-U dot Promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast.
1: You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks Podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Dave Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. David, I think our taco conversation changed lives yesterday. Uh, it certainly
1: seems to have affected people um, more, than, more than I expected. I'm not going to lie, but I mean... Uh, I enjoyed it because, you know, I, I sent out a tweet earlier kind of to the in the same vein. Um, you know, it is the off season and and I listened to some other Buck shows and stuff and I know I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but there was someone who basically was talking about there's nothing to talk about right now during the season uh or during this part of the year. And I disagree. I mean, we we've been talking about quite a few things this off season. Now, granted, we're not always here delivering news or reacting to news. There's not a lot of news necessarily happening. But there's still stuff to talk about. Like, like this football team is layers and layers deep. It's not all just X's and O's, contracts, and draft picks. Um, But at the same time, there's a human factor of it. There's us. There's our listeners. You know, um, and and I like getting these questions because it kind of gives us a little bit of a peek into who they are as human beings as well. I know Twitter is not, you know, real life. Got it. But a question from someone. Typically it sparks some, some other responses and stuff. And even if it's something as trivial as whether they prefer hard, like I found out today that apparently Bailey Adams's father has what I would call probably an unreasonable love of tacos and a <laughs> disdain for anybody who does not agree. And I respect that, which is why I went out and I went to Taco Bell and I got myself a hard shell, a soft shell and the thing you told me to try
0: the cheesy gordita crunch.
1: Yes. And I got that for dinner tonight. Um, and, you know, so that's, so that's how much I respect Bailey and, you know, in, in, in relation, his father's opinion so that I can make amends and come out and come out today for this episode as a smarter taco person, as it were.
0: What did you think of the cheesy gordita crunch?
1: I thought it was not bad. However, I'm not really a fan of the 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 beef that they use, like the ground beef that they use, the standard, I guess, filling. So I usually, whatever I order, I usually get switched to either steak or chicken. I definitely requested chicken on it. They definitely didn't put chicken on it. So that kind of messed with the experience a little bit, but that's not really the the food's fault. You know what I mean? Right. Um, when you open something, looking for chicken and you get greasy brown beef instead. Um, yeah. But the overall product wasn't bad. Um, listen, I bit into the hard taco and it immediately fell apart. And I I just kind of laughed. So my stance on the simple, the basic hard taco stands, sorry, it's going to be a taco salad if I ever eat it. Um, But the, the, your recommendation was not bad.
0: Okay. I'd be interested to hear if you do get it with chicken, if you like it more, because that's the great thing about the gordita crunch. When the hard shell breaks, it's trapped by that delicious, thick, soft shell.
1: I did. I did appreciate that actually, because it definitely broke, um, and I did appreciate that it was the the damage was contained. Um, I, I appreciated that.
0: Yeah, and and the sauce that they put on—that's what makes it for me. That that whatever that Baja sauce or whatever they call it—it's it, freaking delicious. But anyway, we have some football things to discuss, and then uh, we were sent another another food debate topic, and so we will dive into that now. The word in the world of the NFL is that New Orleans Saints quarterback or pending free agent quarterback, however you want to phrase it, Drew Brees, announced via his Instagram that he will return. He did use the hashtag who Dat and said, let's let's make another run at it. Now, this can be taken, you know, obviously it's being taken as yeah, you know, he's he's coming back and he's gonna play for New Orleans. He's not gonna explore free agency. Otherwise, he would not have done the who dat hashtag, whatever. But it could be taken a few ways that maybe he's got a couple years left, or maybe this really is Drew Bree's final season. This could be a situation where he is making one more run because he's he's older. You know, he he's been in this league for an incredibly long time. The man's 41 years old. He was drafted in 2001. Uh, you know, so this may be the the final season of Drew Brees, which means the officiating in favor of the Saints might get even more egregious during the 2020 regular season than it was in the 2019 regular season. Obviously, this has a huge effect on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers currently have not made any kind of announcement or you know, given any kind of clue as to what their plan is at the quarterback position for the 2020 season. There are plenty of people on Twitter that believe Jameis Winston is coming back. There are plenty of people on Twitter that believe that Jameis Winston is going to move on, whether that's his choice or the Buccaneers' choice. There's a very thick divide within the fandom. But one thing's for sure... That defense that we talked about on yesterday's episode being a priority for Bruce Arians just became an even bigger priority. When you're having to go up against Drew Brees another two times this year, you're having to compete with the New Orleans Saints within that division. And look, Drew Brees has faced the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28 times. He has an 18-10 and 10 record he has more touchdown passes against the buccaneers than he has against any other team in the NFL with 55. Second place team being the Carolina or I'm sorry being the Atlanta Falcons with 54, third being the Carolina Panthers with 50. Obviously he plays those teams more than he plays the others cuz he plays them twice a year. But 55 touchdown passes against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and he's been with the Saints for a long stretch where the Buccaneers defense has just flat out not been good. So, that is huge huge news for not only the Buccaneers but also, you know, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons when you have a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback coming back and saying, "Yeah, we're going to we're going to let it ride in 2020. We're going to make one more run at this." You know, the Saints are obviously from the jump going to be considered heavy Super Bowl favorites or contenders or however you want to phrase it. So the return of Drew Brees, um, great news for Saints fans, not so great for Bucks fans.
1: Yeah, I mean, from a, from a team-specific standpoint, that's 100% true. But uh, I said it during the ultimate divisional crossover week with uh, three of the other NFC South hosts, and I'll say it here again. Any chance you know? Any chance to watch Drew Brees play football again is is a good chance, and it's it's something that you should appreciate as a football fan. If you're a football fan, no, Uh, you know, obviously, you want to see your team win, and I and I completely get that. And believe me, you know, if the Buccaneers defeat the New Orleans Saints once or even twice during the 2020 season, I'll happily get on here and talk with you about the win, write about the win, and do it with a smile on my face. I'm not necessarily sitting here excited to see Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints run away with the NFC South and head into the playoffs try to make another run at the Super Bowl um from the standpoint that I want the Buccaneers to be successful but as a football purist you know and a football lover at heart you can't you can't deny the the joy that that comes in seeing one of the greatest to ever do it continue to do it um hopefully we just don't get to the point where you know uh essentially the football is throwing Drew's arm versus uh, drew's arm throwing the football but we'll see and, and it makes it even a little bit more interesting because obviously now there's some capital implications uh, with with this whole move because you know the dollar amount that he's going to get and everything and how that affects what the saints do in the offseason but i mean you're right they're they're already a, a playoff contender a playoff team a super bowl contender in their current state you know in theory you know most teams plan on getting better in the offseason they don't plan on getting worse usually there's no major free agents that 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 they're pending. You know they're getting ready to lose from 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 what I see. Other than maybe Von Bell, I guess Von Bell might be the biggest free agent they might lose in this whole deal. But then you look at the prospect of them getting a guy like Brashad Perryman in free agency or drafting one of these really good wide receivers. I mean the 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 Saints' offensive weakness, really, if you had to point it out, is is the wide receiver group. And again, there have been many draft experts who have gone on record saying this might be the best wide receiver class the NFL draft draft has ever seen. So good timing for the saints. Good timing for drew makes 100% sense why he would come back. Really? The only, the only other ripple that, that I think could impact the Buccaneers is something that Gil wrote about today uh, being Tuesday for Bucksnation.com, And that is Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, there, there certainly is that trickle down effect where, you know Teddy Bridgewater is a player that we've talked about on this show we've talked about it on Bucks Nation we are not the only ones talking about Teddy Bridgewater and you know the interest from the Buccaneers in Teddy Bridgewater appears allegedly to be very real um there's going to be plenty of people you know the experts on social media that will say Teddy Bridgewater doesn't fit You know, Bruce Arians' offense. And again, I will argue well, if Bruce Arians handpicks Teddy Bridgewater to come in and run the team, then obviously he believes that Bridgewater does fit the offense or, or, just throwing this out there maybe Bruce Arians is a smart enough football coach to tailor his offense to what Teddy Bridgewater is strongest in you know he his scheme is his players his players don't fit a scheme he has said that as well on multiple occasions um do i think ultimately that Teddy Bridgewater will end up a buccaneer no no i don't but this means that he is going to become a viable option. He is going to become an available commodity because with Drew Brees returning, they're not keeping Teddy and Taysom Hill another year. So one of those two guys is gone. I would assume it would end up being Teddy Bridgewater. It could be both. You know, Taysom Hill came out and said that he wants to start at quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he can. There's a reason I call him Diet Tebow. Or fake Tebow, whatever you want to, you know, whichever phrase pops in my head at the moment. But Teddy Bridgewater will be a starter for an NFL team in 2020. That is obviously no longer going to be the New Orleans Saints. So obviously the trickle down is going to affect the Buccaneers one way or another, whether they pursue Teddy Bridgewater or one of these other quarterback needy teams end up signing Teddy Bridgewater. Well, now there's going to be another team that no longer needs to draft a quarterback you know early in the 2020 draft so you're looking at the potential of a guy like Easton who's a name we continue to bring up because he's a name that's continued to be linked you know there's a higher possibility that he does drop to the Buccaneers in the second round or maybe and I know David you said you're not a big fan of drafting Easton in the first when we talked about Ben's mock draft yesterday but if he drops to the end of the first and the Bucks can trade up and get him and guarantee that they get a fifth year option on this quarterback, you know, that's that's the the ideal situation, I think, for the Buccaneers. Even if you're franchising Jameis and that's the route they take to give him that one more year, you still need a backup plan. Because if that one more year turns out like 2019, it's time to cut ties, it's time to move on. So that means you already have a guy in your system that has been there for a year, has learned the offense, has become familiar with the coaches, familiar with the team, and now he can be your starter for four more years rather than just three before he has to get a big payday. So, you know, there's there's plenty of of ways that this Drew Brees announcement affects the rest of the teams in this league that are in need of a quarterback. Right, and I I don't know, you know, what the Vegas lines are. I'm really glad I don't
1: have to set the Vegas lines because, honestly, if you force me into a corner of of laying down the odds of who's going to be the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020, I would probably put them all at even money. Like I I don't even, I can't even give you a favorite right now in this whole thing, other than to say like Tom Brady is probably the longest shot uh, that there is out there. But as far as Teddy Bridgewater, because it's already come up a little bit. I've already seen some comments and some tweets and some some other things talking about Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have the arm to play in Bruce Arians' system or in Byron Leftwich's offense, um, whatever. And, and I'll tell you, I did a little bit of research, not a whole lot, but just a little bit because, you know, uh, those are the kinds of things that, gets, that get me interested. And Jameis Winston's longest pass last year was, I want to say, 58 yards, like his longest completion through the air was 58 yards. Everything else was done after the catch. Teddy Bridgewater's longest completion, I want to say, was 44, 42 yards. It was like a 14-yard difference, which 14 yards is 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 a, it's a good amount of distance. Yeah, but it wasn't a 14-yard difference because Teddy Bridgewater can't throw it 14 more yards than he did. Teddy Bridgewater is capable of throwing the football 60 yards. Now, is he going to throw it with the same – as Jameis Winston and so on and so forth. Maybe not. You know what I mean? Maybe there's not as much velocity. It's one of those things that you know uh, you got to get in the sports lab to to measure the speed of his uh, the football or whatever. But at the end of the day, quarterbacks they they make adjustments in their game. Coaches make adjustments in the in the scheme and the play calls to uh, to associate for those things. So you know, if you have a quarterback that gets the ball there a couple tenths of a second later than you know another quarterback well you're gonna have to throw it earlier you're gonna have to read better you're gonna have to anticipate better but something that Teddy Bridgewater has shown during his ability during his time to play um and people can take this for whatever they want it's not necessarily a direct shot at James Winston but he's shown that he's a very intelligent quarterback and this is a guy who knows how to read a defense he knows how to anticipate he knows how to throw people open so if you're worried about that 58yard pass not getting there quite as fast with James w- versus James Winston's arm. Well, that's where uh, Teddy's intelligence is going to kick in a little bit more. He's going to throw the ball a little bit earlier so that it's still getting to that receiver at the 58-yard mark in stride, just like it would with James. It's just not going to be there quite as fast. And honestly, in in some of these throws, guys, maybe taking a little bit off of that ba- that pass might have actually helped some of these players. Um like, and I don't mean to, you know, reopen old scabs, James, but that interception against San Francisco with OJ Howard, if that ball doesn't get on him with the quickness, the way that it does when it comes from James Winston, is it possible that OJ doesn't tip drill that thing? I think it's possible. It's a, it's an alternate universe, I'm not trying
0: to go there, just saying, cause it's, it needs to be said. Um, well, not to mention you know people that are worried about the offensive line and the protection and all that. If Teddy's having to release the football a little bit sooner, that's a little bit quicker that the ball is out of the quarterback's hands, and it a little bit quicker that the defensive line and the pass rush is neutralized. Yeah, just saying. And,
1: and Teddy's has some mobility to him. You know, um, I don't know if here Jameis will win a forty, but you know, Jameis or uh, Teddy can still get out of the pocket, still move around if he needs to. Um, I was watching a little bit of Teddy Bridgewater stuff today, and I mean, the the dude still knows how to improvise if if he needs to. I mean, again, guys, like I understand Teddy Bridgewater isn't a Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton at his prime, whatever. But he's he's also not, you know, I don't know, uh, Creekwater. Like the dude he's has not been successful. Ryan Leaf. He's he's definitely not Ryan Leaf. He's been successful in the National Football League. He's also, by the way, had people doubt him pretty much his entire football life. So believe me, coming into a system where, like you said, the coach believes in him, but maybe some other people don't, actually would probably just give him juice up that, that much more. You know what team I think is a dark horse to go after Teddy? Colts? No, I think the Colts are a team that a lot of people are going to predict will go after Teddy, which I agree with. I think the Colts would be very smart to have a cup of coffee with Teddy Bridgewater. But I think a dark horse team that maybe not a lot of people will talk about are They're the on. Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, okay. Because again, they we talked about this yesterday, they, they've come out and kind of thrown some support behind uh Tyrod Taylor, you know, saying like if we need to roll with Tyrod Taylor, we're confident that we can. Da, da, da. And yes, I fully am aware that a lot of that may be smokescreen, but it also may not be smokescreen. Um, and you look at it like the charge can be prepared to roll for with Tyrod Taylor, draft maybe a Jalen Hurts in the third round if he's there, um, but at the same time, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who's already young. It allows you the opportunity to to select position players or other areas of need for your team while you have a quarterback. And you have, if you have Tyrod Taylor and Teddy Bridgewater now, two quarterbacks that aren't completely similar, but you know they can execute the same type of system overall. Um, it, it prevents you from having to spend draft capital this year on you know a quarterback, and you could go out there. And you could draft, you know, in the third round instead of drafting Jalen Hurts, maybe you're looking at a slot receiver to go with Keenan Allen and with uh, who was it, Michael Williams? Right? Is that his name? I don't know his name. Um, the other receiver they have in Los Angeles, uh, maybe they yeah, draft Michael. a running back because they're going to lose either Melvin Gordon or Austin Eckler or both. You know, I mean, I don't see a way where they, I don't see a universe where they bring them both back. But they're going to lose either either one of those guys. So maybe they draft a running back uh, to 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 stock up their backfield again. You know what I mean? So. Don't underestimate those kinds of things. I don't know the Chargers cap situation, so, you know, if anybody out there does and they're they're getting on Twitter right now to tell me I'm stupid, fine. But just from a from an Xs and Os and a locker room standpoint, I think Teddy Bridgewater to the Chargers makes sense, but I don't think it's going to be the obvious choice either.
0: All right. Well, real quick, uh some other news within the NFC South. Now, obviously, we've known for a little while that the um The Panthers and tight end Greg Olson have gone their separate ways. Greg Olson agreeing to a one-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks on Tuesday. Now, this is great news for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's great news because Greg Olson is far, far away from the NFC South. It's also great news because he was the one Panther that I had forced myself to like, and I think I talked about it on this podcast. I'm not going to get into the whole story again, but because of what Greg Olson did for my best friend's son, you know, I absolutely respect and adore that man. And now I can really love him as a player because he's not a Panther, and it's glorious. Also, Seattle needed a tight end, and he's a good one. So there's that aspect too. But more importantly, more importantly... I can love him as a player and a person because he's not a panther. Yeah, I
1: mean Greg just I mean I've never met the man in person, but he seems like a stand-up dude. Yeah, I'm just really happy for him and you know, it's it's, it's an obvious ring chasing move, but that's that's fine. If the team that you've been with is ready to move on from you but you're not ready to give up your pursuit of winning a Super Bowl, uh especially after getting to a Super Bowl and not winning, you know, you've you've kind of you got close to tasting it but you weren't able to quite get there. Um, I, have, I have zero shade to throw at that at all. Uh, smart move by the Seahawks, smart move by Greg Olson. And uh, really smart because, again, we kind of talked about where the Chargers are in relation to trying to beat the Chiefs, you know, the AFC West champs. Now the Seahawks, where are they in relation to beating the 49ers? And again, their defense has fallen off a little bit, but their offense is is pretty good overall. If if they stay healthy, it re- would really help. DK Metcalf looked like, a number two in the making Tyler Lockett is, is definitely a guy that can take the, the, the lid off of a defense. They were one yard away from winning the NFC West last year. If Greg Olson is the difference between that one yard and and not getting that yard, uh, was it was even a full yard. I think it was like a half a yard. Um, yeah, it was like a foot. Yeah. I mean, if Greg Olson, can, the biggest thing is going to be health. You know what I mean? Can Greg Olson stay healthy? That's going to be the biggest question. I think that's really the reason the Carolina Panthers moved on from him, but you know, uh, Hey man, if if the Bucks, if the Bucks aren't in it in January 2021, then hey, I hope I hope Greg goes out there and gets himself a ring. You
0: know who was not happy about the Greg Olson news?
1: The Atlanta Falcons because they have to play the Seahawks this year.
0: I was going to say Quan Alexander because he couldn't cover Greg yeah, Olson when he was yeah. in Tampa. Well, and now he's got to face him twice again I, if I mean, he well, can get on the field. I was, was say fired. Quan's
1: got other issues to, to worry about right now. Drake Greenlaw turned into little brother the the protege into the star stud inside linebacker for the or outside linebacker for the San Francisco 49ers. So Quan may have some other issues on his hands because at the same time John Lynch made that contract uh very team friendly. And I'm not sure, you know, I'm not not saying Quan's gonna get released or anything like that, but I'm just saying it was very team friendly. And I'm not sure what the numbers are for twenty twenty. But yeah, Quan uh may have some other issues to deal with, you know, uh he may be more worried about watching Griggles and play like you, like you alluded to as well.
0: Yeah, just remember all those people that hated on Jason Light for not re-signing Quan. Good times. Good times. All right, David, we had a Twitter question sent in from Chris, frequent caller. I don't know why he didn't just call in. He he usually calls, but instead he he opted to tweet. <clears throat> and this is the um in response to your Uh, Would you rather type question tweet from the Locked On Bucks account where we'll take questions about anything, food, movies, TV shows, car brands, favorite attire, whatever, whatever you want to hear about. Ask us again. It's the offseason. You know, we'll talk about whatever. But Chris, Chris tweeted in and he says, have to ask. Chick-fil-A or Popeye's chicken sandwich. So, David, I'm going to let you go first on this one because I do believe I went first on the taco conversation. Uh, I believe you did as well. Um,
1: just for the record, the 49ers absolutely cannot release Quan Alexander this year. So, anyway, um, that's that's a tricky question because I don't live near a Chick-fil-A anymore, uh, at least for now. Um, but... So Popeyes has them is, is like my thing. Like I, 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 um, when it comes to you remember Bubba from Forrest Gump and who his obsession with shrimp. Oh yeah, that's like how I am with chicken. Like there's so many ways you can eat chicken and things you can do with it, and so on and so forth. Um, Popeyes has kind of been my go-to for like chicken strips, or you know, like the, when they had their boneless wings, that was that was pretty good. Stuff like that, whereas Chick-fil-A has kind of been my go-to for sandwiches, nuggets, stuff like that uh, during my life, if you want to call it that. Um, but then Popeyes came out with the sandwich. However, when they came out with the sandwich, again, I don't live near Chick-fil-A. So I started to shift to where when I am around Chick-fil-A, obviously, I kind of go out of my way to get it because I can't get it just sitting at home on a you know a random weekend or an afternoon But I don't just get the Chick-fil-A sandwich the way, you know, just standard. Like I customize the crap out of that thing. Like I put Colby Jack cheese on there. I put pickles on there. I put bacon on there. So my Chick-fil-A sandwich isn't what people are talking about when they're debating these two sandwiches. Because if you ask me if I had the choice between getting my Chick-fil-A sandwich and a Popeye's chicken sandwich, I'm going to my Chick-fil-A sandwich 100% of the time. But that's not really fair when you think about it because I add a lot of things to that sandwich that don't come standard. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're asking me, though, standard, just standard, just go up to the window, say, I want a sandwich. I want a sandwich here. I want a sandwich there. Which one would I prefer? I'm honestly going Popeye's because it's, I don't know. I think it's honestly, I think it's the crunch. Like it's not like as much breading because I really don't like a lot of breading, but there's enough breading on there to give it that crunch. Uh, but it's not too much. Like if I eat too much of that breading crap, I, I actually start to feel a little bit sick. Um, not nah, just sandwich to sandwich to Popeye's. But again, there's a little bit of skewed, you know, a little bit of bias in there if you want to call it that, because I don't know, man, once you, once you deck out your Chick-fil-A sandwich for a few years, cause I'm going on four years living in this place. Uh, you you know and once you do that for four years it's hard to look at the same old sandwich that you were in love with through high school and all that stuff the same way if that makes sense so yeah for what it's worth i don't think i'm ever gonna make anybody happy with these food discussions but that is my answer you got very excited on twitter so i'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say
0: all right so i tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich for the first time last week. And in doing so, I got two of the sandwiches. I got a regular one and I got a spicy one because when I go to Chick-fil-A, I get a regular chicken sandwich and I get a spicy chicken sandwich, but I add pepper jack to it. I don't do the all out customized sandwich like you do. I do straight up regular Chick-fil-A sandwich And uh, the Chick-fil-A sauce, which is a beautiful mixture of honey mustard and barbecue. But I like, you know, spicy chicken as well. So I was like, okay, let's try the regular Popeyes. Let's try the spicy Popeyes. First things first, Popeyes Cajun fries, far better than Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to have to come back on that one. Okay. Second thing. The spicy mayo on the Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich, elite, elite Popeye's chicken, overrated. It had no more flavor to it than a McChicken, and it cost five times more. Chick-fil-A is and always will be the superior chicken sandwich. They can talk about their Louisiana spice all they want. Didn't taste it. Bland, boring chicken sandwich. Again, I would rather save my money and eat a McChicken because I got the same amount of enjoyment. So I think ultimately what I have to do is I have to go to Popeye's and get an order of Cajun fries and a side of the spicy mayo and then go get the superior chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A and use the mayo on that because I don't understand what all the hype was about. It was a bland, boring sandwich. The chicken is just, it's it's meh. And I will say kudos to Popeye's marketing department because they knew exactly, exactly what they were doing. They throw out a product, Got people excited, then yanked it away to create a false demand to the point that people were shooting other people over this freaking sandwich. And I I eat each kind, and I'm like, I don't get it. It's it's meh. It might crack the top five of chicken sandwiches for me. Chick fil A's is superior uh wendy's their spicy chicken superior like i i've had better chicken sandwiches at red robin It, it's just to me it's just overrated bland overpriced meh all right so
1: for the fries i think i have to agree that the that the the popeyes fries are better than the waffle fries but again i don't get it very much so like i get really excited when i do so i think that's that's what that is i cannot believe so okay so here's the thing about the popeye chicken sandwich right and this is something that with chick-fil-a like i've you know i'm not a chick-fil-a expert by (laughs) any means um but something i have noticed just you know over the years is that there doesn't seem to be a chick-fil-a that is really poorly run like uh, I don't know if, you know, cause I do know that they're very, uh, they're a very hard franchise to become a part of as far as being a franchise owner. So I don't know if that kind of bleeds into the management style and, and all that stuff of just kind of trying to enforce like a really high standard of product. But, uh, at the same time, I've been to some Popeye's that, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit substandardly. It's definitely like you go to a Popeye's, you definitely feel like you're getting fast food chicken. Um, whereas you go to a Chick-fil-A and, and they tend to be a little bit more put together. They seem, they tend to be a little bit more cleaner, a little bit more, you know, professional. Like they, they kind of present themselves in a package that is, is above, uh, above the fold a little bit. Whereas Popeye is kind of on the fold. Good. I've experienced some that are really good and they seem to take a lot of pride in what they do and all that stuff. Um, but I've also been to some, and, and that might be a result of the military thing. You know, you get, you get, uh, some of these, some of these businesses that have military contracts, their employees are moving every you know, two to three years. It's the same problem with everybody else. Like, you know, you got it. You have an employee in there who knows they're moving in a year or so. How, how invested are they really in that business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So there might be reasons for it. I don't know, but that's just kind of been my experience. Um, that being said, I have noticed that the Popeye's chicken sandwich has gotten at least in the Popeye's that I have, I only have one Popeye's here um when it first came back it was a lot better than it is now like i think the last time i had a popeye's chicken sandwich was probably about a month ago and i remember getting it and i actually told my wife was like this is not as good as it was and it wasn't a simple case of well now you've had it multiple times so it's you know what i mean like the shine is kind of worn off No, like the quality of i don't want to call it craftsmanship you know (laughs) but for lack of a better term the quality of the product, like the, you just kind of see like the way that it was put together was not done with the same efficiency or effort. I guess if you want to call it that than it had been before. And I wonder if from an employee standpoint, you know, when it first comes out, it's probably, you know, it's the new hotness and the manager's probably really pushing, Hey, listen, this is back. It's going to have a lot of excitement. Make sure we're on point, make sure they're all perfect, make sure they're all great. And eventually it just becomes another item on the menu. And once it just becomes another item on the menu, you know, it just kind of goes in there with the rest of the products. I mean, like I said, uh, Popeyes is like my chicken tender go-to place. I've had some chicken tenders from Popeyes that are like I don't want to call it, like perfectly breaded, like a good ratio of breading and man, chicken. And I've had some where it's like eighty percent breading. I'm like, dude, what are you, what, what are you even giving me right now? So you know, it's it's kind of gotten to the point where I feel like the Popeyes chicken sandwich has gotten to that point for some of these employees, where now it's just a regular part of the menu. Whereas Chick fil A, they almost kind of seem like. They try to push it out to where everything is special, you know. Um, honestly, it almost feels like a cult sometimes when I go to Chick Fil A. <laughs> like they're all involved in a cult. I don't know if I'm delivering that the right way. Um, and it's
0: never, it's never. You're welcome. It's never no problem. It's always my pleasure. does right, like I, I almost feel out
1: of place going to a Chick Fil A sometimes, whereas I always feel comfortable at a Popeyes. I don't know what that says, you know, about me and the way I compare them. But uh, like, so I, so I wonder if like, had you tried it when it first came back. I wonder if your local Popeyes, maybe that's maybe that's what you're experiencing as well, because the thing definitely has flavor. Now I will say the spicy, you have to get the spicy. Don't get the regular. I don't know know, what the big difference is, but obviously there's
0: a little bit more of a kick. But it's the mayo. That's the only difference.
1: Okay, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, you definitely have to go with the spicy comparing it to a McChicken, though. I'm not I've never had a McChicken, but comparing anything to McDonald's food is just yikes.
0: That's that that's how disappointed I was in this chicken. It was just there was nothing special about that chicken. Again, the mayo, yeah. elite. Their pickles, delicious. But it was the mayo that made that sandwich, not the chicken.
1: Perhaps, yeah. Perhaps the the dressing is the is the is the hero there. The, um, I will not be going to McDonald's and trying and make chicken though, because that's just not going to be a thing. I but, won't make you uh, do that. I have had so. Burger King came out with a new chicken sandwich. I don't know. I just oh, w- I was in Washington. I didn't have lunch. It was the only thing nearby, so I stopped and got a chicken sandwich. Not good. Um
0: I remember when they had the grilled chicken whopper. That was fantastic. It was the most ginormous grilled chicken sandwich I had ever seen. I'm pretty sure these chicken breasts they use were like three pounds each. Yeah, but can't,
1: that can't be natural or healthy. Probably you know, not, should, but right?
0: they were. Delicious. Yeah. And yeah, they're the Burger King fried chicken sandwiches are the worst chicken sandwiches known to man. I would rather get a Speedway grab and go chicken sandwich than the the fried chicken sandwiches at at burger king they're terrible. i don't know
1: about speedway but wawa like you get some wawa food man that stuff hits the spot if you go to a, i, you gotta go to I a don't good know wawa. what that is like there's an inner city philly wawa that i went to once which is trash like i hope that place is closed it was just trash they should be embarrassed to even call themselves a wawa but you go to, like one really good one in between fort mead maryland and baltimore uh that's that's on point legit it's essentially it's like speedway but it's different it's just a different
0: brand I saw people talking on Twitter today that Wawa introduced a new cheeseburger and it was trash. I, and I'm just like, I've never heard Mm -hmm. of a Wawa, so that's this does not affect me. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Speedway, Speedway chicken sandwiches or cheeseburgers or breakfast sandwiches, they're exactly what you would expect from a gas station. And they're, they, they get the job done if you're in a pinch and you're starving, but it's, you know, it's not something you're going to make a daily habit of.
1: Right. I mean, we tried. So, you know, I'm in New York. So pizza is a pretty big thing to New Yorkers. Usually Um, I found I was just like scrolling through Yelp. I I was laid up on my couch a lot this weekend. So I was kind of scrolling through Yelp, just looking at stuff. And I stumbled upon this general store uh, that had incredibly high ratings, but not a lot of consistent ratings. So it was like they were like months apart, sometimes like a year apart. So it wasn't like they had, a, you know, 400 and something ratings and it was five stars. It was like six or seven over the span of three years, but they were all five stars. And I was like, okay. Um, and people were ranting and raving about the pizza. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe we could give it a shot. And I was wanting to get up off the couch if I could for a little bit anyway. So we ran out and we grabbed a pie. Uh, definitely not New York pizza. As far as like general store pizza goes, if you can think of like small town, New York, upstate New York, general store pizza. It was on point, um, but again, it's expectation management, right? Like, if you go into it thinking your left tackle's name is Donovan Smith, then you won't be disappointed. Yikes. Just kind of wrapped that thing around there, didn't
0: I? A little bit. Um, the last thing that I'll say on this chicken debate is actually to your point that you were making about, you know, the you know, the consistency of, of the Popeyes and the employees and everything. To me, that's another notch in in the Chick-fil-A Column. I can go to the Chick fil A down the street from my house. I can go to a Chick fil A in Tampa. I can go to a Chick fil A uh, in Indiana or New York or Illinois, and I will get exactly what I expect. Uh, It doesn't matter where it is, I will get exactly what I expect. I don't want to have to search all over the place for the quote unquote right Popeyes to get this chicken sandwich. It's just. You know, consistency is key. It doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what part of the country you're in, a Chick-fil-A sandwich is a delicious breaded bird deep fried in peanut oil, and that's what I want. And at Popeye's, it's like, you know, let's let's spin the wheel. Well, what kind of day are we gonna have here? So yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. I I get that people enjoy it, and hey, if you enjoy it, enjoy it. It's not my cup of tea. I don't get the hype. Chick-fil-a is forever and always going to be the number one chicken sandwich.
1: Hard to disagree with the overall statement. Yes. Um, And yeah, I can't. I mean, I don't keep track of these things, I guess. So whatever. But I honestly don't think I've ever had like an order come up wrong at a Chick-fil-a. And uh, like I said, I customize my meals because of how little I get it. Um, Yeah, man. Tomorrow we're talking steak.
0: Yeah, I saw that. Matt from Morven, Georgia sent us a steak question yeah. as we were recording, so we're going to dive into that. I don't know how Matt's going to feel about my response, but... Yeah. I don't know how he's going to
1: feel about my response either, so we'll see. It'll be interesting.
0: At the rate we're going this week, I'm pretty sure your response is going to be, I don't eat steak because...
1: Oh, I definitely eat steak. Get out of okay, here Okay, good. Yeah. All right.
0: Yeah. All right. No, I'm a okay, steak good.
1: Guy. <laughs> I like it, though. It's... it's uh... And shout out to the Locked On uh, podcast network Twitter account for retweeting my response. I told, I retweeted. I retweeted. You know, it's obviously we we were already recording, so it's a little late to move it into the program tonight. Uh, but you know, it was like, apparently it's food week on the Locked On Bucks podcast, and I love it because I'm not a food critic. I've never. You're a chef. I'm not. Or you're a trained chef. I'm not a trained chef, but uh, I'm a fat guy. I like food, so you know, I'm I'm all for it. Let's let's continue it up. If you if you want some food criticisms or ideas you know keep keep rolling them in
0: yeah i mean and and they're they're giving us the the hot topics man they're they're making us work for it you know we got taco debates and chicken debates and now we're talking steak like all right i'm hungry it's time to wrap this thing up
1: i'm not getting a chicken sandwich though for dinner anymore because i can't do taco bell tonight and then popeyes tomorrow like i can't my my,
0: i will not be able to record i'll be trapped in a certain room in my house if I i do that I didn't expect you to get Taco Bell tonight. I just said the next time you happen to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you made a special trip just to try what I suggested, and well, it was also actually for to Bailey win back father, the affection so. of Bailey's father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. Oh, never even spoken to the man you speak to me on a daily basis and you are more concerned with how Bailey's dad felt about you than the person that you legitimately have to work with on a daily basis
1: listen Bailey makes quite the impression Bailey is a fine young man someone that I respect very very much um I know you do as well um well I've yeah, and he said that
0: I suspended him from the podcast which just
1: <laughs> isn't true. I think that's playing off of Peter reports uh, shtick for when their guys can't make the show. Oh um, okay. All right. I didn't make but, that connection. I was I, mean, to I don't know. A, I, I like Bailey's
0: assumption. brother better but
1: I won't. <laughs> but, you know, I mean I've I've gotten to cover some games and 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 uh, and some stuff with with Bailey and yeah, we we have bonded, you know. Um I I I'm the proud i'm i'm the proudest the only member but the proudest member of the i've had a drink with bailey adams club for BucksNation.com. um so that's that's a feather in my cap as far as i'm concerned so yeah good stuff yeah keep rubbing it in rubbing i am i'm, I'm super proud of it bailey and I, we got to cover uh the team godwin opening the launch i mean listen bailey and i have have experienced some life memories that you just you cannot replicate so yeah When, when I find out that Mr. Adams is not happy with something that I've done or have not done, I, uh, if, if it's not going to cause an allergic reaction, it's going to kill me or, you know, uh, I was gonna say send me to war, but I don't know. Uh, I'm not gonna cross that off the list either. Um, I'll just say I would run off of a building in a suspended harness for Mr. Bailey Adams. I'm just, just throwing that out there.
0: Really know how to make a co-host feel special, David. You really, really do.
1: Listen, I mean, if it makes you feel I would drop thousands of dollars and spend all of my account points at Marriott hotels to spend a week with you in
0: Indianapolis, how does that make you feel? You spent that week in Indianapolis for yourself. I just happened to be there.
1: <laughs> That's messed up.
0: <laughs> but it's the truth because you were still there on days that I couldn't be. But I do appreciate you letting me bunk with you the one night and then having to race home to rescue my parents from my sick children. Uh, of course. Anytime. Happy to help. Yeah, that was a fun night.
1: Yeah. I got to uh jeez. Oh I got to I got to pee Next to John Lynch.
0: <laughs> yep. And I got to drink next to Trey Wingo and Keenan McCardell. So, you know, wins oh, all around.
1: Man. Fun times.
0: Uh and we ran into Greg Schiano outside of his hotel right before he quit being the Patriots defensive coordinator. Yeah, I uh
1: I definitely did not recognize him because I think my subconscious just refused.
0: Um, i said i said hi to him just to you know see his response and it was exactly how you would expect greg shiano to respond to somebody well i mean
1: if your toes weren't on the line then he probably didn't respond to you at all so that is that
0: is true all right well that is going to be it for this episode. Please send us your food-related questions or whatever related questions. You know, send us would you rather questions, whatever. We'll we'll cap off these episodes here over the next couple of weeks with some of these crazy debates. Uh, you can do so on Twitter tagging at Locked on Bucks, or send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841 and of course we encourage all of you to send Buccaneer and football related questions as well but if you want to have a little fun obviously we're opening up the topics a little bit please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com make sure you're following along on Twitter at Locked LockedOnBucks at JayYarko underscore Bucks at DH82 underscore Bucks and at Bucks underscore Nation hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Go get Chick-fil-A for lunch and make yourself happy. And we thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Dogs.